0: When you're producing food something tangible that is um that, you know that's going to feed people whether that be here domestically um or exported it's a good thing to be involved in to know you're making difference that you're helping feed the world
1: this is the producers i'm anthony huckstep the reeds have been farming in Mimosa for over a hundred years Six generations of sheep farmers that have perfected sustainable and low stress methods of farming. Lambman Dan Reed and his family farm in the heart of the Riverina in southern New South Wales, and supply Sydney with some of the best quality lamb in the country.
0: We farm um, in the Riverina, so it's about four and a half hours southwest of Sydney. Um, in between Tamora and Cooliman, Um, if you haven't heard of those towns, uh, we're about uh, 60 k's north of Wagga Wagga. Most people have heard of Wagga. Um, yeah, and I'm a sixth generation um, farmer there. With uh, We've been there for over 100 years, our family. So, yeah, farming in the blood. It's beautiful, undulating country um, that... Um, that is that uh, has pretty reliable rainfall. We we have had droughts. The Millennium drought was was pretty dire, but um, it is usually yeah pretty reliable. Gets rain coming across from from South Australia and um, and from from south and further north. And it's just beautiful uh, red loam country that um, produces uh, lots of feed, good feed, and um, yeah, has the four distinct seasons. Um, that, that uh, yeah, that in a place like compared to say what most of your listeners, if they're from metro areas, where there's there's not really those four distinct seasons, you really um, you really get that at home, and it's um, it's each season has its um, uh, its positives and negatives obviously, for um, for producing for producing food, but yeah, especially fat lambs. Like Riverina is the home of of uh, fat lambs in this country but uh, we, yeah we originally uh, it's my understanding we came out from Scotland in um, in the 1800s to uh, to Adelaide actually and then moved from Adelaide uh, to Kerrang in um, north sort of north northwestern um, Victoria and then um, and then from Kerrang to mimosa so mimosa was um, which it was originally that's that's the area and it was um, it was originally a large station. So, um, and when um, when the station was broken up, there were lots for sale, and that's when uh, the Reeds and, and um, some of the other family names that are in the area um, came and, and bought um, a allotment there. And obviously, the allotments were a lot smaller. I can't remember what the original holding was. Whether it was five hundred acres or, or I'm not, too sure. But um, yeah, and then over the years, it's. Uh, just uh, grown and grown and grown, especially under my grandfather or my great grandfather and grandfather. They um, they bought up a few of the neighbours um, over the years, and now we've got um, yeah, around ten thousand acres. And uh, yeah, so how it's changed, I guess, is there's just less people around now um, to do the work, and we're machines and and um, yes, I guess. Um, Science and technology, advances in technology have made it, um, made jobs a little bit easier in some respects. But um, with sheep, it is very hands on. So it's, um, we also plant crops. So that's sort of the, the, um, the gear to plant the crops has obviously gotten bigger and, and, and easier and more effective. But um, yeah, in terms of sheep farming, it is, um, it is very similar. Um, I guess today as it has been for the last 100 years, except there's, there's been a lot of um, changes in, uh, in animal husbandry and um, making sure you can, uh, well, I guess with research to, to what works to um, increase your, the, uh, the life expectancy of lambs from young ages and get them through to that ideal weight so they can um, be
1: processed and enjoyed on a plate. Popular cuts of lamb have changed over the years. in Dan's family when growing up there was only one cut that hit the family table every week. I I bring this up
0: actually to my customers at the market is there was no slow cooked lamb shoulders when I was younger. Um, All our shoulders were cut into uh, drovers cut chops and we would have eaten. Yeah, drovers cut chops. I don't know, five or six nights a week with um, you know your mashed potato and veg, and it was like being from a sheep farm. Yeah, we would have um, we would have eaten lamb, say I don't know, five six times a week because <laughs> we just had a ready supply. And so those those memories, um, are my earliest, just of sitting down and eating drovers cut chops, just delicious. No matter if you if you burn them, and, and yeah, you know, my mum's from the old school, tended to uh, probably burn meat more than uh, cook it medium rare, as, as is the way these days. But it was still um, still very tasty. So they're they're my memories, and also just like camp ovens and and um, yeah, cooking out in the paddock. Um, there there's some other uh, early memories.
1: Although the family have farmed for over a hundred years, Dan wasn't always headed for a life on the farm?
0: Yeah, I've done a few different things in my time. Um, Yeah, I um, I went away to uni and and studied journalism and I was a journalist and lived overseas in in various countries um, in the UK for a couple of years in America and Canada. Um, And, yeah, so I've done a few different things and then came home to the family farm and, um, yeah, that was – I definitely don't think I was always going to be a farmer. I think I wanted to, to do something different and go away to university and, and sort of explore something away from agriculture. But um, I guess the pull of the family farm, it's just such a um, such a fantastic um, asset, I guess. And the opportunity um, to, to be involved in, in such an operation was just, um, yeah, too good to pass up. I was in London. I was living in London and um, there was – I'd go to the the farmers' markets there. I can't remember what it's called, um, the main one in the middle of London, and it was just booming. It was pumping, and there was a there was a few you know meat vendors there, um, telling the story of their their farm and that sort of thing. And not that it wasn't it didn't exist in Australia, like there obviously was markets, but it probably just wasn't as big and popular. And um, I just thought when I yeah when I get home I think like we've got just as good a story as some of these um, farms and I thought well when we get home we'll give this a crack and it, it aligned with my um, my youngest brother he just became qualified as a butcher and um, so when I came home from London onto the farm and we put our heads together and it because at, the, at that stage lamb was about 430 a kilo four dollars thirty a kilo and then when I was in Sydney and, and going to having a look in butcher shops and you know they're charging seventy dollars a kilo for cutlets and I was like something's going wrong here we're, we're selling these lambs for eighty dollars a head and you know they're returning four or five hundred dollars um and and you know the producers missing out, so we just wanted to cut out that middleman and, and take charge of of our product. So that's what we did, and we built a built a butcher shop and got all the licenses, and you know sunk a bit of capital in for refrigeration and all the rest of it. And um, yeah, and then and then got it off the ground. And um, like the market, it's um, the the land market's very different these days. Um, whereas now, like last year, we sold some. Um, we sold some lambs at the sale yards for $11 a kilo. So that's nearly threefold um, what it was, um, you know, six or seven years ago. And so that that's made... Um yeah, the, uh, I guess the markets and the vertical integration less attractive. Like it's still, we, we still do the markets every couple of weeks. Um, but when when you can just drop them off at the local sale yard for, for that great price, you don't have to run through all your extra costs of the, of the processing and the transportation and everything. Um, yeah, it's just a very, very different um, market we're operating in.
1: Maimosa use crossbred lamb that suit the farming conditions and deliver the best eating quality too.
0: We have first cross ewes, and um, so their their mother is a merino and crossed with a um, crossed with a border lester, and that gives them um, a decent size um, of body, so they can they can carry twins, and they 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 obviously they need a lot of feed, but then they can they're very hardy, and uh, they can survive through the harsh summers and and also for the through the cold winters. And uh, and then we put a a Dorset ram um, over those first cross ewes, and it uh, that is the most um, I'd say it'd be the most common meat breed, Um, and because it just produces an excellent shape um, of carcass, um, which is the key, and for you know for your excellent um, looking cutlets and and loin chops and and yeah, so we've used we use local um, local Rams from uh, from a couple of um, couple of studs not too far from home. So everything's and we, we breed our own first cross ewes. So um, we self replacing you um, you flock and um, yeah. So we've we've used that those same breeds for many, many years, like my father and then my grandfather before him. So it's, it's, it's proven and um, just a proven breed and, and just hangs up well, beautifully in the, uh, in the butcher room and, and is obviously excellently, excellent tasting. Um, we get so many comments. Of, we've done carriage works for five or six years now and we have the same rustling on customers from when we started there. Um, yeah, that how much people just love our lamb they're um, they're hundred percent pasture fed um, so a lambs born hopefully he uh, he or she has a brother or sister or two brothers and sisters triplets which is uh, ideal but um, we we um, yeah hope their goal is to get as many twins as, as possible um, yeah so they're, they're born in those it's that's the really the key stage um, like where you've got to go around the flock every day um, checking that they don't get st- stuck in in, um, in the birthing process. Um, they are also, if the the ewe can fall over, and so you've got to help them up and, and make sure that they're not down for too long because then their their legs can stop working, and that can that can all affect the, the life of the ewe. So it's 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 really going around and, and um, ensuring that the lambs are um, the lambs and the ewes are in good health in that key lambing period. So they lamb they lamb. Two times a year, um, in sort of early autumn, and then and, um, and then towards uh, the start of spring, and so it's really key to that you don't get any um, yeah sort of infant or you, you keep the you keep the lambing deaths to a minimum as much as possible. So they need to be in a small sheltered paddock because um, it can get quite cold in the winter. And yeah, then they basically, um, they live their, their life in the paddock. So we move them um, quite frequently from um, from paddock to paddock, depending on the amount of feed they've chewed down. So they, they eat native grasses, loosen. Uh, we also plant um, some oats and, and turnips and some different, um, some different feed um, paddock for paddock via rotation because we also plant cereal crops. And um, yeah, basically the lambs are taken through till um, they're about anywhere between sort of three and a half months to six months, and once they're once they're big enough, uh, once they get to the ideal weight, then they're. Um, Sent away and, and to the abattoir and and then they return to us and hang in our hang in our room uh, in our butcher room while we dry age them and then my brother Jason who's the butcher he um, he processes them but yeah they they have a very um like a, they're they're free range which which many many sheep in Australia are but they're just they're not fed any grain they're not kept in any small confines they're in in large large um, paddocks full of especially the last couple of years full of plenty of green
1: feed. As Dan explains, life on the farm is different every day. But the lamb have the most incredible life, which shows in their eating quality.
0: With with farming, it's, um, you know, some days are monotonous and you can, like for example, um, I mentioned the, um, like, planting planting the crop so that can go for for sort of six to eight to ten weeks and you're just sitting on a tractor and refilling the tractor with with seed and fertilizer and different things and that's you can just do that same continuous action for a couple of months but then every day can be different at some stages like with sheep you can be Mark and Liam's, one day you can you're moving them to another paddock, then you're working on your on your marketing. Um, you're, you're fixing stuff in the shed, you're trying to improve your your yards. Um there's just there's so many um every day can be different, but there can be periods of um of uh yeah, I guess repeat monotonous like um like even shearing. So like shearing will go for a couple of weeks. And yeah, it's a big couple of weeks from um, from six in the morning till six at night. Like you're out there in the yards sorting out the sheep, um, pushing them up, keeping them up, pressing the wool, getting it all sorted. Like um, so, it's yeah, it's it's a mixture of I guess you're doing different things, but are also a bit of uh, a bit of monotony as well. But then I get a bit of a break when I come up. You know, obviously to come up to Sydney and, and go to the markets and, and have that interaction. So that's, that's great as well. And we obviously spend a bit of time in the, in the butcher room, um, yeah, packaging up
1: the meat. It's not just sales and marketing and an avenue to market. Farmers markets provide a unique connection for Dan and his family to their client base. The best thing about the farmers markets is the validation that
0: you're doing a great job and that you're producing an excellent product. I think one thing that farmers don't have or many farmers don't have is that face-to-face interaction and feedback for obvious reasons, you know, they're stuck out on the farm. So um, it's, that was the probably, I'd say over the last few years, that's been the most heartening thing is just to have that, yeah, that validation that you're doing an excellent job, that people appreciate what you're doing and, and that, you know, you're producing an excellent product and, and, people use that as a centrepiece to their celebrations, like, you know, a a slow cooked shoulder on Father's Day or Mother's Day, Um, you know, birthday celebrations, like our customers are constantly telling me what they're doing with their lamb, how it's a part of of their life and and the celebration. So that's, that's a really special feeling.
1: The life and times of a lamb farmer can get a bit crazy. And Dan's famous refrigerated ute has quite a story to share. So I've got a,
0: uh, the people at the markets will be familiar, I've got a, a Hilux with the refrigerated back on it. And um, it was parked uh, in a street in Sydney and it was stolen. And um, I'm not sure how it was stolen because I had, had both the sets of the keys and anyway, when I've discovered that it was stolen I thought well that's it the ute's gone um but then um it was used in in uh several petty robberies around the inner west it was popping up um yeah popping up in in suburbs here it was, I got a speeding ticket actually that was yeah got a speeding ticket and um you yeah, had the photo of the the criminal running through the red light um and um yeah that it was it was missing for about three or four weeks and I kept getting um, sort of notifications from the from the police and then I put it up on a, on a inner west Facebook group and someone said oh, I saw that saw that you today down parked outside a pub and I went down to the pub and it wasn't there and chasing CCT footage and everything and anyway finally got the call from the police about oh I can't remember it was four or five weeks after it was stolen that they found it in a dead end street um just parked up there and yeah, and then it sat um, sat in the uh, police forensics for another six weeks and uh, it took me so long to get the ute back and I finally got it back and I, I walked in and opened the door and there was a bag full of maggots in the, in the cabin from uh, a donor kebab I guess the criminals um, had enjoyed and left there and um, so that was a, a big clean-up job, but I was very happy to, to get the ute back, but definitely one of the more bizarre happenings. Um especially for this year. So, um, yeah, but another um, another funny thing, Huck, that I did a while ago, well, maybe you, you need to see it, but I, I put a GoPro on a lamb, um, yeah, christened it um, lamb cam, and um, we, we put that on there um, just to show, you know, what the lamb goes through in a day, and it was um, yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Well, it only, it only sort of – the battery only went for about an hour and a half, but it just – Basically wandered around eating and you know, but playing with um, other lambs and um, and that was about it. But yeah, that was. Um, I think it's up on my Instagram, buried deep in there somewhere. But yeah, the old lamb cam. I never really took off lamb cam, but um, I thought it was an interesting,
1: interesting um, insight. Farming lamb is hugely rewarding, but as Dan explains, it has its challenges too. The whole
0: farming industry is as. Um, Changed. It's we're just going into a period now of um, land prices are just astronomical and through the roof. You know, not not dissimilar to our house prices have been in, in uh, metro areas over the last few years, and and that um, that presents a lot of challenges for well, like a younger a younger farmer, um, or relative to the to the older generation um, in terms of yeah like financing and, and getting land and purchasing land in your own name and. And, um you know just the the rising costs of, of machinery and and um, obviously fuel and um, things like that are just it's a very challenging environment um, to work in so it's you've really got to be be on your numbers and and um, there's you've you got to do it with everything within your control but in farming there's a lot of um, things beyond your control obviously the weather is um, the main one there and and market forces. So I guess, um, yeah, the the effect on my I'm, I'm um, just a bit. I, I do ha- am, I'm confident about um, about agriculture and, and our business in particular with with prices that are that are pretty good for things at the moment. But I can see that there is some challenges ahead, and it's it's just going to take um, a lot of preparedness and planning to um, to face those challenges.
1: My mother, Valley Lamb is growing its flock and looking at new ways to take lamb farming into the next decade, mindful of the environment and making a positive influence too. I've got a few things
0: going on because I also I, I do um, I do some events and communications work for a uh, farmer representative body. So I'm I'm actually moving on from that and going to do some. Um, a role with an AG tech company but so I've got that on the horizon but in terms of the the business um, my brother and I have um, yeah we've we've bought purchased um, some more lambs so we've increased our flock um, yeah significantly and so I guess it's um, yeah, we've, we've just got more more stock to deal with, and um, and it's a really really fantastic season. So this is going to be the third in a row when there's just been a lot of moisture um, available. So we've got some excellent crops and, and plenty of feed. So it's just all set up for um, yeah a rip roaring harvest time around November and December. So that'll be that'll be busy. It always is, and um, it's an honest job when you're producing producing food for for others like um you know there's a lot of bullshit jobs out there i think these days um you know governments filled with them and just when you're producing food something tangible um that is um you know that's going to feed people whether that be here domestically um or exported around the world um i just think it's a it's, um, it's a good thing to be involved in, to know you're making difference, that you're helping feed the world.
1: A staggering six generations of lamb farmers at Maimosa Valley Lamb have made a monumental impact on our food system by staying true to the land, to the lamb and their customers too. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production, I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of producers, farmers, makers, and growers, the true lifeblood of the food industry. Follow us on Instagram at podcast, or email us at producerspodcast at deepentheweeds.com.au.